2: 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple. 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply.
3: I am fascinated by the Baker Mayfield drama with Hugh Jackson. If you didn't see it after the game, Baker Mayfield refused. It was really awkward. First of all, Hugh Jackson, uh, Demarius Randall, I believe it was, picked off an interception and handed it to Hugh Jackson. I think that's the equivalent of about as low as you can go as a head coach in the NFL. And I don't know if Hugh Jackson wasn't aware of how disrespectful that was, but it was pretty ridiculously humiliating and then to be a guy who went whatever it was 436 and 1 I can 336 and 1 whatever his record was to get fired and then to take a job at a rival divisional team in the same year that you got fired and then get your ass kicked by the team that you were fired from who you couldn't win games with cuz they weren't talented enough I don't know how Hugh Jackson gets hired to be a head coach ever again in the NFL after the way that transition has gone. I think there's a difference between taking a job after a year. You get fired, you sit out a couple of months, and then you take a job. I don't think there's anybody on the planet who begrudges a coach who gets fired from taking a job with another team, even if it's a bad look. I think there's a total difference between getting fired during the season and deciding that you have to immediately go coach somewhere else and coach against your own team. The team that you were asking to give all of their blood, sweat, and tears for you. Hugh Jackson is getting paid millions of dollars to fulfill his contracted term. Why does he need to go coach somewhere else in that same year? Sit out a couple of months and then make the decision of where you want to go after that when all those jobs come open and you can decide on your future. Immediately going and being a special consultant, effectively offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, to me is nonsensical, and Hugh Jackson got what he deserved when Baker Mayfield and the Browns
1: kicked his ass be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis. Weeknights at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: I am diving into a uh, interesting question around this Baker Mayfield drama. I was tweeting about it some with Doug Gottlieb yesterday. I don't see Baker Mayfield as remotely in the wrong here. I don't see anybody who is on the uh, Cleveland Browns who was upset at the decision that Hugh Jackson made maybe one of you can think of someone who has done this in the world of football where you get fired by a team and immediately that same year go start coaching on another team I haven't ever seen it and again it's not as if Hugh Jackson needs a job he is being paid for his contract he's making millions of dollars in football, without having to work i can't remember this ever happening so baker mayfield was asked about the fact that he didn't seem to want to give a hug to hugh jackson after the game and he had this to say uh in his post game left cleveland goes down to cincinnati i don't know that's just somebody that was in our locker room asking for us to play for him and then goes to a different team we play twice a year everybody can have their spin on it but that's how i feel so I don't blame Baker Mayfield at all. You heard Charles Davis say he keeps a uh, he keeps a list everywhere of everybody who is uh, you know upset with him. And he also then went on Instagram and said, uh, "Let's see, what did he say exactly on Instagram?" I'm going to have to click view on Instagram. And uh, this is always a, uh, a challenge in some respects, but he was responding to uh, to a discussion about this incident. And he basically said, what did he say? Why can't people just give me the headline instead of needing to leak everything? Does everybody have this one? Uh, what was his exact comment um, that uh, that he said? Everybody always has to link everything. There's like 40,000 comments on this Instagram thing. Just give me the the, 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 the headline here. That's all I need is the headline of exactly sh- uh, what he said. Here is what he said. I didn't feel like talking. I mean, he left Cleveland and goes down Cincinnati. It was just somebody in our locker room asking us to play for him. That's what we just played. Uh, There's no hate, but it's a rivalry, and that's just how I'm going to treat it. That's how our team should treat it, too. And uh, they said uh, on ESPN, Baker Mayfield needs to grow up. And uh, Mayfield said... Uh, not even comparable. I didn't lose 30 plus games, be fake, and then do that. I wasn't going to have a scholarship. Good try though, buddy. And that's because there was a criticism of Baker Mayfield saying, well, you left Texas Tech and went to Oklahoma. That's a really bad argument in general to make. So in my opinion, Baker Mayfield is in the right here. I think that Hugh Jackson is is uh, is behaving in a strange way you've already got millions of dollars that you are owed uh, under your contract you can sit out it's not uncommon for coaches to get fired during the year when they're not having success it's unheard of for a coach to then go i believe and coach for another team I understand why Baker Mayfield was upset. I understand why other Cleveland Browns players were upset. I understand why the interception happened and they handed Hugh Jackson the football. I think what we're learning here is that Hugh Jackson is not a very good football coach and was detested by the Cleveland Browns team in general. This is a crazy stat. Baker Mayfield, since Hugh Jackson has been fired, has got the second highest quarterback rating in the NFL Behind Drew Brees. That's a stat that should make you say, wow. We all know the history, uh, the trajectory of awfulness that has existed with the Cleveland uh, Browns. Since they have fired Hugh Jackson, with that new coaching staff, Greg Williams as the head coach, Freddie Kitchens as the offensive coordinator, Baker Mayfield has been the second best quarterback in the NFL from a quarterback rating perspective he's the first rookie to post top plus 140 quarterback ratings in backs-to-back weeks with the over 20 pass attempts ever I believe so I am on Baker Mayfield's side here I think this is not akin to a player this is not in any way an analogous situation to me Hugh Jackson has violated kind of an unwritten rule here in the NFL, in football in general. You don't switch sides if you're a coach in the middle of the season, even if you were fired. I don't see this as being like, oh, Hugh Jackson's got to feed his family. Yeah, he's making millions of dollars already. He's not doing this for money. This seems bitter, This seems partisan to me. I applaud Baker Mayfield for saying what I think a lot of people are thinking. I will open up the phone lines, 877-996-6369, and let you guys weigh in. Danny G, I'll go around the crew. Whose side are you on here, Baker Mayfield or Hugh Jackson's?
4: Well, even though Hugh Jackson was on the losing side Sunday, what this kind of reminded me of, Clay, was your boy Butch Jones smoking a cigar after Alabama beat Tennessee.
3: I think Um, that's a bad look, but at least it's the next year.
4: Right, right. But both guys had made-up titles and were in the middle of awkward situations where if it were you and I, we'd probably just stay hidden in the background. Instead, when Hugh was looking for Baker at midfield, it kind of felt like, remember me, remember me, as he's kind of being pushed out of the way and definitely ignored by Baker. So not a good look, and I think Hugh Jackson should have just stayed on the sideline and, better yet, walked into the tunnel when that game ended.
3: Yeah, I don't think Hugh Jackson should have taken the job. I I think if you have any semblance of understanding of how that's going to look to other people. Now, maybe the answer is the Cincinnati Bengals are such a disaster and Marvin Lewis is never going to get fired. Evidently, he has perpetual right of coaching with the Bengals even though they're now five and six and have fallen apart and they stink and they've never won a playoff game during I think what is like 16 or 17 years now that he's been there and so maybe he brings in Hugh Jackson because everybody in the Bengals uh, organization is just clueless uh, what about you Eddie Garcia what do you think about this situation in general uh, is this an embarrassing look for you Jackson
5: well, look, I agree with you on a lot of the points that you were talking about. I, I, I don't blame the players for using it as motivation, and I don't think Hugh Jackson's much of a coach. But I got to say, when you get fired by a company or an organization, I don't think you hold them – I don't think you owe them anything. I think if he feels for whatever reason that going to Cincinnati is the best for his career, he's got to do what's best for him. So,
3: but Can like, you think of anybody else ever doing this?
5: Off the top of my head, no. Other than players, I mean, players, when they yeah, get cut, they'll join a rival I, team I, I, I time.
3: totally get that. And some people will make the player argument. The difference to me with players is, one, they have a limited shelf life. So even if you're a great player, you don't have very long to sit around and be able to play. And most player contracts are not guaranteed. If you're the kind of guy who gets cut, then you typically are not going to be making millions and millions of dollars to do nothing. Um, so I, I think that's, uh, you know, the difference between a player and a coach. I, I think, again, precedent comes into play here. And the fact that nobody does what Hugh Jackson does and every player does is, I think, pretty significant.
5: Well, it's, it's one thing to say, should he have done it or not? I just but like I said, when I, I just try, try to put myself in that situation, you know, if I get fired by the radio station and, and I get offered a job somewhere else, if it's a rival or whatever, I'm probably going to do what's best for me and not really care about the, you know, where, the guys I left behind.
2: Yeah,
3: I think that's a little bit different because it's not as if you're scheming to uh, to try to beat it. Now, I will say this: if they fired me on Fox Sports Radio and they continued to p- pay out my contract, I have a non compete, so it's not as if I could suddenly go to a rival radio station and be able to work. We'd probably have to get involved in litigation in order for me to be able to do my job. So, 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 so the
5: Browns did not give him or did not have to give him permission to go to Cincinnati? I,
3: I guess not. I, I, I'm surprised by that. I would think that by and large, that would be something that is disallowed. Um, because again, most of the time in the NFL, if you're under contract, you're not allowed to go somewhere else. And look, he knows a ton of interior secrets about the Browns. I wouldn't want him to coach against me if I were, even if he's a bad coach. He knows a lot about my players and everybody else. And again, some people are not going to understand this. There's a difference between sitting out the rest of this year and then coaching next year. I don't think a single person on the, 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 the Browns would have remotely thought Hugh Jackson had broken any kind of rule uh, internally. But the fact that no other coach does this, I can't think of a head coach who has gotten fired in any major sport and then the same year gone and coached against the team that fired him. It just seems incredibly bitter and, uh, and and filled with rancor to me. What about you? And I understand, look, the argument. If he wasn't making any money, like if you work at FedEx and you get let go and then – ups has got a job your average person yeah go get another job like and and if you're doing radio updates for fox and they fire and clean house here uh and then they then you got an opportunity to go to another rival station go for it like but that's the difference between you don't have a job and you do have a job if you were getting paid to do not work at all and, and then you decided to try to do that to violate your contract. Like, I couldn't do that. Um, what about you, uh, Roberto? How do you see this shaking out?
4: Um, I, I kind of see both sides here. Uh, I understand Mayfield being upset because he should have been the starter to begin with, uh, to begin the season. But then uh, it will be different if Hugh would have gone to, let's say, the Colts or another team in the division. But, you know, he has history with the Bengals. He was their offensive coordinator there. He and did the op-
3: go to another team in the division.
4: Yeah, I know, but it, it it, but he's got a history with the Bengals, though. That's my point. He's got history with the Bengals. He was their offensive you, coordinator. Yeah, they I were totally good. get that. You know you're going to be
3: coaching against your former team. Maybe if you went all the way across the country and you went out to, I don't know, Seattle, and they're not on the schedule and you have a good relationship there. The other thing is sit out for two months would be my argument. Uh, what about you, uh, Dub? What's your thoughts on this?
6: I don't really have – like strong feelings i get it for hugh jackson i mean after going 336 and 1 i don't know if i would wait too long and as soon as i got an offer to go somewhere i'd probably take it
3: yeah i just think it's a bad look uh let's go to your calls 877-996-6369 i'll let you guys react uh chad in southern indiana chad what's up
6: Hey, thanks, Clay. Uh, calling from the uh, triangle of the Colts, Tennessee Titans, and the Bengals. Uh, once again, uh, the front office shows they are the Jokers full of an F morons in Cincinnati. Um, my son runs D2 College, and if you go to transfer, you have to transfer to a uh, school outside of the conference if you want to run the following year. Otherwise, you have to sit out a year. That's an NCAA yeah. rule. I don't know how this happens in the NFL where this guy can even coach. And uh, Eddie's point, you're 336 and one i don't know what in the world cincinnati thinks he's going to do in that conference as an offensive coordinator i mean his offense has been a joke in cleveland they get rid of him and now baker mayfield's going off the chains going crazy i mean this cincinnati you know they'll just continue to lose fans they're the jokers school of the nfl and when i will now be of that conference they'll take the place of the cleveland browns unfortunately
3: yeah i think for the call i actually feel bad for cincinnati bengal fans Because it seems to me that Marvin Lewis has perpetual right to that coaching job, no matter what the results are. And not only does he feel like he has that, but he brings in Hugh Jackson, who then gets his own team dunked on again. I actually believe, and this is crazy because the Broncos were given up for dead. I think the Broncos are going to go on the road. Now, by the way, Andy Dalton is out for the rest of the season, and they're going to be starting Jeff Driscoll. I think things are going to get worse. Mitchell in Ohio. What's up, Mitchell?
0: Hey, what's up, Clay? Uh, I just want to say I, I kind of agree with them both. I mean, I can see why Baker would be upset. But at the same time, I mean, you know, uh, he's got to think of himself. And, uh, you know, the Browns' record doesn't really reflect. I think they was a pretty good team up there for real. They just got screwed a lot at the beginning of the year. I mean, they should at least have eight wins. So I'm just saying I
6: think the man deserves another job. And well,
0: hold going on. To Eight Cincinnati.
3: wins, you think they should be eight and three?
0: Oh, I mean, they definitely won the Oakland game when they reversed that call on that first down. That would, you know, the Browns could have just taken a knee if they got that first down. When they reversed that call, that was just craziest thing I've ever seen.
3: Yeah, well, thanks. So, you. Yeah, so they
0: should have won
3: that. Pick. They're four, six, and one. They shouldn't have eight wins. Best case scenario, maybe you could say the Browns could be, you know, whatever it is, six and five. But four, six, and one. I mean, come on, eight and three. They're not first place in the AFC North caliber team that would be set up to be hosting a playoff game in theory you don't have eight and three browns going on the road against the eight and three texans uh chad in uh what sorry arnett in pasadena i think it is arnett what's up
7: good morning thanks for taking my call i'm not really for sure what direction the conversation is going in right now so let me just weigh in quickly on uh Uh, you know, the man got fired, and I don't believe it, he sh- it should be held against him, um, the fact that he took another job in the division with the bingos. Um, in the same year. They stink. Say again?
3: In the same year. I, I have no issue with him taking a job on January you know 3rd or whatever, well, the day after I, the NFL season ends, and you decide well, where you want I, to go.
7: I I agree with that, but I I think if you look at uh, the reaction from the Browns players, it seems to suggest that there's an issue there, right? So if there's an issue there, if they're not happy or were not – was not happy with Hugh as a coach, then obviously he wasn't happy or he was not happy that he got fired. So perhaps it's sort of like a, you know, we'll take this. You know, I can get a job here and we can beat you guys or whatnot, which didn't happen, by the way. Also, uh, Baker, you know, kind of really I thought should have – taken a different approach um i understand what he's saying you know it's a rival you know i want to treat it like that but the game was over right and i can understand that demeanor post or pre-game but post-game i think you should be a bit more uh adult-like or just display more sportsmanship and shake the man's hand Or yeah, i mean he didn't allow it
3: like they kind of tapped each other thanks for the call he didn't want to give him a hug that's weird Right, I mean that was weird that Hugh Jackson went in for a hug. That was a w- if you haven't seen that video, Hugh Jackson is clearly trying to go in for a hug, and it definitely was awkward. It looked like a bad high school date that nobody knew how to end. And trust me, I know all about those. Finally, let's go to uh, Rob in Miami. What's up, Rob? Yeah, hey,
6: that's fun. So I'm a Bengals fan, longtime Bengals fan. I've you uh, poor bastard. I've- moved down here. You there?
3: Yeah. Yeah.
6: All right. Sorry about that. But anyways, I live in Miami. I'm a Bengals fan. They, they're they driving me absolutely nuts, man. Marvin Lewis, he sucks. He's got to go. Hugh Jackson, look, he's, he's doing what he's got to do. He, he owes nothing to the Browns for him to, to go and... Coach for a team again that where he was happy. He was happy with the Bengals, and and he was successful with us. He, um, Andy Dalton had the best year of his career when when he was with us, and and he, and he took a better opportunity to go coach the Browns. And I can't blame him for wanting to come back to somewhere where he was happy.
3: Well, thanks for the call. We will go and we'll talk to Jeff Schwartz about this. I'm obviously more fired up than some of the callers are. I think Baker Mayfield and the Browns are completely in the right here. If you get fired and then you go coach another team in the same division in the same year, that's unheard of. Again, if you can think of an example of this happening ever before, I think it's just another illustration of Hugh Jackson's cluelessness and further for why he should have never been hired by the Browns in the first place and why I wouldn't touch this guy with a 10-foot pole on my coaching staff in uh, the weeks months and years ahead i think this guy is toxic i think his players don't like him i think he's clueless when it comes to simple social decisions that's my opinion on hugh jackson
1: be sure to catch live editions of outkick the coverage with clay travis weekdays at 6 a.m eastern 3 a.m pacific you can give me the melodic tunes i'll give you something positive to
3: begin with counting down, the Saints are the best team in the NFL right now. On my television show, Lock It In, that I do with Rachel Benetta, Todd Furman, and Cousin Sal, every single afternoon, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, one thirty Pacific. I bet on the Saints to win the Super Bowl, uh, and I believe the Saints are going to win the Super Bowl. I think they have to be the favorite right now, assuming they keep Drew Brees healthy, and they have home field, which they do right now. I don't think anybody's going to go into the Superdome and beat them i also like their chances to play well again in a dome remember atlanta is going to have the super bowl as well uh and so i feel really good about the chances of the New Orleans Saints to uh, to win the Super Bowl. I think they have to be the favorite in the entirety of the NFL right now. seems like forever ago these two teams played because they played on Monday night, then they had their bye week. The Rams and the Chiefs are in my second and my third position right now on the best teams in the NFL. In the four spot, I bumped them back up despite what we saw them do against the Tennessee Titans because ultimately the more I think about it, the more I believe in the New England Patriots now, that it is late November, moving into December. I think they'll find a way. Right now, they are the number two seed overall in the AFC. In the five spot, I know they lost a week ago to the uh, Broncos on a last-second field goal, but I have got the Chargers in my five spot. In the Others Receiving Votes category, I have got the Bears, the Texans, and the Steelers. I feel like those are the eight best teams in the NFL right now. Again, the top five, Saints, Rams, Chiefs, Patriots, Chargers, Bears, Texans, Steelers, if you want to make it the top eight.
4: Your thoughts, Danny G? Well... Just like how you had the Cowboys dead a couple of weeks ago, you also had the Patriots dead. So I'm going to ask you, Clay: Are the Cowboys going to move in? The Cowboys top will list? never.
3: The Cowboys will never be in the top of the list. They're six and five. The, the 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 Patriots. I think there are three teams right now that you can say have been, I think, head and shoulders better than everybody else in the NFL. I think everybody who watches the NFL has to have the Saints, Rams, and Chiefs as the three best teams in the NFL. Outside of those three, and I understand you can say, oh, the defense of the Chiefs and Rams aren't any good. I'm not really focused on that, honestly, because I think the offense has been so good that it doesn't really matter. But outside of that, everybody has given you ample reason to believe that they're not actually that good. The Patriots, for instance, are sitting right now at 8-3. and three but they got destroyed by the Tennessee Titans. They got whipped pretty soundly by both the Detroit Lions and by the Jacksonville Jaguars. All three of those teams have losing records. That's why I'm a bit apprehensive about saying the Patriots are back or the Patriots are going to be healthy. Now, the flip side is the Patriots have only played two games with Julian Edelman, Rob Gronkowski, and Sony Michelle all active. When all three of those guys have been active, they've averaged 35 points per game and they're 2-0. So that is a strong argument, I think, for the Patriots when everybody becomes healthy, being good. That, that if I'm doing, that's the bull side. If I'm doing the bear side, Man, when you get whipped by the Titans, the Lions, and the Jags, you're capable of losing to a lot of football teams that aren't very good, and that's something we haven't said about the Patriots in a very long time. And again, I think you can make an argument the Bears. I'm not sold on Mitch Trubisky. I'm not sold on his ability when push comes to shove to make a lot of plays. He seems to me like a one-read guy and then Bale, and uh, so I'm not sold on them. I do love that defense. The Texans, I I just, there's something about the Texans that I just don't feel like is uh, is Super Bowl caliber. And uh, the Steelers, I don't know what's up with Ben Roethlisberger or James Conner. The last two weeks, they have been awful on the road against the Jags and on the road against the Broncos when it comes to actually scoring points and Roethlisberger has not been very good so that is the top five in the NFL I actually gave you my top eight bottom five the list of sadness most of these teams are either breaking in a new quarterback or they're going to be drafting a new quarterback Uh, in the 28 spot I've got the Jets Uh, the Jets are on the road against the Titans here I've got tickets to go watch the Jets and the Titans play and I'm thinking to myself what am I doing with my life why am I going to go watch the Jets and the Titans play a football game? I should have something better to do with my life. I should be doing something more productive. But here I'm going to be sitting in the in the stands watching the Jets and the Titans uh, in about uh, what five days uh, or six days, whatever the math is from now. Uh, the Jets three and eight; they are awful. In the twenty nine spot, I think the Jags implosion this year is really kind of unprecedented. You got Cody Kessler taking over for Blake Bortles. You got Leonard Fournette suspended for a game. He's not even going to play in this upcoming game uh, against, I believe, it's the Colts because uh, he got into a fist fight a legitimate fist fight during a game he's the best offensive weapon for the uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars and he's getting into a legit fist fight on the field such that he is suspended for a game it has to be driving Tom Coughlin crazy they gave Blake Bortles 54 and a half million dollars everything has been a disaster basically since about the third quarter of the AFC championship game when it looked like the Jags were going to be headed to the Super Bowl and then the wheels came off and the wheels have stayed off. The Jags started off 3-1, and, and they have since lost seven games in a row. They're now sitting at 3-8. By the way, it's the next team I'm going to go watch on my season ticket uh, hit, hit list here. I've got the Jets and Jags both coming to Nashville to watch uh, the Titans play. 49ers, I've got in the 30th spot. At least you can make an excuse for the 49ers because Jimmy Garoppolo tore his ACLs out for the season. 31st spot, the Raiders. I don't know what they were doing against Uh, Lamar Jackson that was an ugly defensive performance by the Raiders Uh, they got a win and now it seems like they're mailing it in again they are sitting at two and nine I believe if I'm not mistaken and in the worst spot in the NFL when you give up 25 straight passes and lose by 35 or whatever the heck the final score was the Arizona Cardinals are not a good football team Philip Rivers absolutely ran roughshod over them. Uh, By the way, as you look, I was running through the list. Curious, uh, maybe you were uh, as I was, who are the top five quarterbacks so far in the NFL this year and how does that correspond to our uh, top teams? Drew Brees is posting right now the highest quarterback rating in the history of the NFL. He's sitting at a 127.3. He's going to be the MVP. The Saints are the best team in the NFL, and Drew Brees is the best quarterback in the NFL. In the second spot for best quarterbacks in the NFL, how about Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes is uh, is dominating this year for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's the second best quarterback in the NFL according to quarterback rating. Third best quarterback, Philip Rivers. Obviously, the, uh, the the Chargers are sitting at eight and three in the four spot. We've got Jared Goff and uh, and the Rams. So three of my top four and four of my uh, top five are all the best quarterbacks in the NFL and then Russell Wilson is sliding up at the five spot and the Seattle Seahawks are making a run at a wild card berth in the NFC but I did think it was interesting when you look at the five best teams in my mind in the NFL right now the Saints the Rams the Chiefs the Patriots and the Chargers that's my top five four of those quarterbacks uh, Drew Brees, Patrick Mahomes, Philip Rivers, and Jared Goff are right now at the very top of the NFL passing list. And then the other guy that I've got in that mix, he's not playing that well right now, but I think everybody
1: would agree Tom Brady's got a pretty high ceiling. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. We bring in now... Petros Papadakis at Petros
3: and Money Show. He's also uh, at the Old P on Twitter. And I want to start off. You told us last week that you thought that Clay helton would be back. Now that that's all been confirmed, what are your thoughts on the state of the USC football program?
0: Honestly, I, I don't think it's ever been worse, and I've seen it in its worst state in a lot of different places in a lot of different times in my life. And I saw two coaches fired there as a player, and it seemed a lot more stable then than it does right now. So I'm not surprised they kept Clay Helton, as we talked about. They have much bigger problems as a university. But the negativity around the program and the stuff that I'm hearing that's not even out there is mind-bogglingly bad. And now the whole staff's going to be fired. But who wants to come and coach for a lame duck guy who's going to be booed at the opener next year? And how are they going to recruit with this amount of negativity around the football team? It's a pretty interesting situation right now. Why is he keeping his job? Well, I don't think Lynn Swan wants to fire him because Lynn Swan doubled down on him like Pat Hayden doubled down on Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin wasn't Pat Hayden's problem until he kept him. And the same goes with Lynn Swan. Pat Hayden hired Clay Helton, and there's a bunch of black – there's more black eyes on Pat Hayden's athletic department than he has eyes then all his assistant has eyes. So why do you want to make that your problem? Lynn Swan has done that. Some people allege that all he wants to do is golf, and he seems to be bothered by having to make these decisions. And I understand why they kept Clay Helton. The statement that Lynn Swan put out was one of the most – tone-deaf statements i've ever heard from an athletic department and athletic departments have a tendency to be really tone-deaf but this one was one of the dumbest ones i've ever seen whoever wrote that for lynn swan should be fired
3: along with many other people evidently in usc uh, athletics when well it comes when you
0: to say in your in your statement clay that you have personnel problems culture problems staff problems uh, discipline problems recruiting problems uh, scheme problems then you need a new coach and you need a new athletic director these are not things that are fixable by the people that are there
3: there's been some talk that cliff kingsbury might be the savior on the offensive side of the he ball. was on campus yesterday
0: and i know he has a vested interest in living in los angeles for some other reasons but i i don't think anybody would want to go anywhere near this dumpster fire Clay Helton has basically stripped two or three offensive coordinators of their duties and taken the play calling or, or meddled in the play calling or hired his brother or some 20-year-old guy. They could have had North Turner to work with JT Daniels. Instead, they hired some guy under 30 years old named Brian Ellis who just got fired and took a job at Western Kentucky. That's the pipeline. It's Western Kentucky to USC. It's ridiculous. So how does this get?
3: So you just hit on it. It's going to be an ugly situation next year when the season starts. What happens next year?
0: I don't know. I mean, they didn't crack sixty thousand at the Coliseum all year, which is unheard of. It really is. Not even for the Notre Dame game did they crack sixty thousand people in the collie So attendance—that's a problem. That's a, that's a big deal and they're going to be trying to sell what their version of personal seat licenses are uh, in college football in the new renovated stadium. Fresno State's a very good football team. I think it's August 31st is the first game. Clay Helton's going to get booed by the people that are there, and I don't think the place will be even remotely close to full. So there's a lot of circumstances that go into this, and this problem didn't start with Clay Helton. It started with Lane Kiffin and Pat Hayden. But it's continuing to proliferate upon itself. And to me, it's just, it's become a giant dumpster fire. There's, it's a dumpster fire that's a grease fire. There's no way to, there's not enough baking soda in the world right now to put USC out.
3: Let's pretend they came to you and they said, Petros Papadakis, you are now in charge of USC. What would you do? Oh. <sighs> That's a not the whole university. Yeah, not the whole university, but well, the, right. yeah, the football, football program. Because there's a lot of bigger things. I, I bet that you and I, uh, as, as, as opinionated as we might be, probably not that well prepared to run an entire university.
0: Oh no, no! I just criticize people. Yes, right. But right they right. need a uh, they need a university president. They need direction as an as a gigantic, multi billion dollar entity that is USC. They need that. The football program is their number one marketing tool, but you have to have some person up top to at least try to control your figurehead athletic director who loves to golf, and they don't have that. So if I was in charge at SC, I would beg them to hire a university president as quickly as possible to clean up all the problems that the old university president kind of bestowed upon the university. And then I'd go hire a head coach that is a pro-style guy, probably a defensive-minded guy, and a guy that can fix the fronts because their problems are the offensive and defensive line and their problems are, are discipline. And you'd have to hire a guy that wants the job that can do that stuff.
3: How much does UCLA's rise factor in here at all with the USC decision? Because they got Chip Kelly, and I think it's fair to say if you watched USC and UCLA down the stretch, UCLA's on the upswing, USC's on the downswing. Does that factor in at all, too, with the decision-making you have to, uh, to arrive at?
0: Clay, I don't think it's any, uh, it's any secret that the statement you just made is true. I don't really think it has anything to do with USC right now. USC always recruits at a higher level. UCLA might take a couple guys here and there, and UCLA recruits at the second or third highest level, traditionally, of anybody on the West Coast. But Chip Kelly doesn't necessarily bring in recruits that are five-star guys. They're five stars in his mind. Now that he's at UCLA, when he takes a guy, it's probably going to change his recruiting status because of UCLA's reputation for for good recruits over the years. But I don't really think it has much to do with what's going on at USC. Chip is so unique and so innovative. There's no doubt that their arrow is pointing up, and the answer to that question might change if UCLA ends up winning 10 games next year. But right now, even though UCLA's in a much better situation, with a coach that has full control and the trust of the athletic department and the university, and they have a stable university, I, I don't think that's changed what USC's doing right now. How many new...
3: You said like you thought almost the entire coaching staff could get wiped out. How many new coaches are we talking about for USC?
0: Well, I mean, they, their offensive line coach already left, and they replaced him, but I'm not sure if that guy is still going to stay... Uh, Defensive coordinator Clancy Pendergast is, I mean, he's been getting gashed all year and they've been really undisciplined on defense. I I would say almost everybody, which makes me kind of laugh when you see guys like, I mean, our friends like Joel Klatt and guys like Kirk Herbstreet, who I don't know, your neighbor, tweeting like, oh, I'm so happy for Clay Helton. USC needs stability. It's like Clay Helton had like a $20 million buyout. If he gets fired, I don't feel bad for Clay Helton. I feel bad for all the assistants that are going to get fired, whether or not he stays. And I'm not happy for anybody in this situation. This is a bad situation. You you have a pretty good
3: pulse on USC fan base. And sometimes because you are a Trojan, they get upset with you because you are not a, uh, you know, you, you try to tell exactly what your opinion is, and sometimes that's not a very pretty picture what is the response among the usc fan base that you find through your radio show through social media through your day-to-day interactions and how representative of it do you think it is of the larger usc fan base and what are they telling you in addition to whatever your opinion might be personally
1: well
0: it used to be about 50 50 now people are and i'm not running around saying clay should be fired i I understand that the university's got much bigger problems. I don't dislike Clay as a person. I think you hear a lot of that from a lot of people. But I think people are now waking up to the fact that this is a bad situation and it has been for a long time. And my problem isn't really with the USC staff. I feel like the USC football team and what's on the field is a product of an old guard in the athletic department. And to a certain degree, the entire university – that wants to keep control of their little country club that they've had for so long and not hire new good people. I suggested two athletic directors for USC just on the radio because no one would really ask me uh, when Pat Hayden stepped down or was fired. Excuse me. One of them was Chris Del Conte, who was yeah. at TCU, and now he's at Texas doing great. And the other one was Greg Byrne, who was at Arizona. And now he's at Alabama doing great. Both of those guys wanted the USC job and certainly would have listened. But there's people at USC that don't want to give up their little modicum of power. And it's like that throughout the university. And that's why we have such a rotten product through and through in their number one marketing tool, the football program. So most people now, either they're really livid and angry or they're apathetic. And that's the craziest and weirdest thing, because now in LA we have pro football. There's a new soccer team. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff to do. And if USC USC's attendance has been pretty solid for a long time, and uh, when that starts taking a hit, then you really have to look around and say, what well, What's the deal here?
3: You hit on something that I think is interesting. We're talking to Petro's Papadegas AM five seventy LA Sports. You can follow him at the old P or at Petro's and Money Show. When I was a kid growing up here in Nashville, the number one way to go get involved in sports was if you got to take a trip to Knoxville, Tennessee to go watch the University of Tennessee play it was like getting a trip to heaven. You know, 100,000 people, big-time major college athletics, a scene unlike you could find anywhere else around me, right? Those
0: are my childhood memories, too, going to the Coliseum. Exactly. And that's
3: when you mentioned it. That's what it reminds me of. When I think about it now through my kids' eyes, all right, I'm not even going to get into Hulu and Netflix and, uh, and YouTube and all the other entertainment options they have there. But my boys, last night, they watched Monday Night Football. They watched the Tennessee Titans, the local Nashville team. Yes, they got their ass kicked, but it's a pretty they big deal. on yeah. mute. Yeah, yeah, we needed to. Uh, they needed to put Dad on mute. Um, so we watched that Monday Night Football. Pretty big deal for your hometown to be on Monday Night Football. We have the Nashville Predators who played in the Stanley Cup final, a hockey team playing here locally. We got an MLS team coming into town that's going to debut soon. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies are down the road with the NBA. Uh, And that doesn't even include all the different television games that they can watch now. And so uh, we actually have such an embarrassment of riches now in the world of sports that sometimes like the idea that Tennessee matters is really kind of on the back burner right because there's so many other things that can distract you you just mentioned LA and obviously LA is a much different market even now than it was when you were a kid growing up but in particular for your kids let's say now you got the Rams and you got the Chargers two of my top five teams in the NFL going on right now Uh, you have got LeBron coming into LA which obviously changes everything in terms of the overall media market and how much attention he's going to get even for the Lakers which already got a ton of attention how much does that start to land a bunch of body blows we're not even considering the dodgers in the world series all those things there's just so much more stuff to pay attention to that I think schools like SC and Tennessee, which have for a long time had that audience that loves them no matter what, don't understand to what degree they're now competing with every other entertainment option out there. And so if they're putting out a crappy product, they got to figure out a way to get that fixed even faster than they could have in years past.
0: It's an interesting question because here in L.A., you know, we have the things that we grew up with. And when, like, USC football was not doing well when I was there. But when Pete Carroll started to get it going, they had 90000 every game almost for the rest of his tenure. So people know how to get excited about USC. It's just a matter of them being good. But I do think it's a different model for USC just dealing with the media and being a little less elitist or a lot less elitist because there's other things for us to cover you guys don't want to be cooperative, that's fine. We'll talk Rams. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff, I think, is the adjustment. But when a team does well in L.A., especially a team that people grew up with, uh, there's going to be a great deal of interest. UCLA, USC, any of that stuff. But winning really is the key. And right now for the Chargers, I mean, they're winning, and there still seems to be a great deal of apathy as far as attendance goes. And I'm not really sure where that's going to go as this situation changes or the playoffs come or they get their new stadium next year. I don't really know uh, what the answer there is. But I do know that when USC does well, the, the, the area gets excited. The country gets excited, too. But the area gets uh, excited. I mean, people still care about usc football everywhere i go everybody wants me to to fire clay helton as if i have some kind of ability to do anything like that i mean it's all i hear about
3: love turns into anger and hate (laughs) apathy ultimately ends up being the worst result of all and sixty thousand people showing up for sc games is an incredibly apathetic response already even before next year happens but i want to go to your side we're talking to petros papadakis I have had, and I'm sure you have too, because of radio. It's almost exclusively been for radio, although sometimes writing for what I do too. We talk every day for many hours on the radio, and there are a lot of people who listen, and sometimes people get upset, and they're like, screw that guy. I'll never do his show again. What's the SC response to you been like do you get, I, I don't know the answer to this is there any way that the next sc coach will come on your show or do you think you're burning bridges uh in the process of sharing your opinion it's sometimes unfortunate but i don't know what people want you to. you don't tiptoe up to your opinion i don't really tiptoe up to my opinion and i think that's why we produce the audiences that we do
0: no usc coach has ever not come on the show clay helton will come on the show I mean, I'm not. I don't. I don't sit there and kill Clay Helton personally or say what a bad guy he is. I just. I I just talk about the situation at the university, and the situation in the football program, and I'm honest about it. And I I, I, I treat Clay with respect when he comes on the show. Now that this situation is as volatile as it is with their fan base, I'm not sure if they'll offer him up anytime soon. But they're going to have to try to sell their recruiting class. And guess who they're going to call? The old P. Yeah. And Matt. Uh, last question
3: for yeah, last question for you. Um, and this is not USC related. But Josh
0: Rosen never came on the show. And because we're he was the UCLA angry. station.
3: Because he was angry about stuff
0: you had said. I have no idea. But we talked to Sam Darnold like twenty times. Yeah, so it's always guess interesting. is as good as mine with some of the players, but the coaches usually they you know I know how to interview a coach.
3: Um, how stunned were you with what you saw in Ohio State, Michigan, with the physical and, and athletic beatdown that Ohio State put on Michigan?
0: I guess I shouldn't have been that stunned because that can happen to a football team. I mean, it happened to Ohio State last year and in Iowa. It happened to Ohio State when Maryland put 50 on them and Purdue, I think. Hung 49 on them, yeah. Yeah, put them, put them in a pretty big sling in the shoe. And I saw that Purdue team earlier in the year, and I do like their offense. But I guess I wasn't that – I mean, I was surprised like anybody else because I thought Michigan had a great chance to win the game with their defense. And I was surprised their defense buckled like that. But it never surprises me when college kids come out flat or don't perform or get destroyed in the second half of a game. Or I mean, that's just our sport. It's really unpredictable, and that's kind of the, the beauty of it and kids are hard to motivate week in and week out and yes 19 20 21 22 18 year old that's why i call them kids and that's uh, that's how they react. That's what makes our game great. They make mistakes. It leads to big plays. Uh, some people can't handle the spotlight. Sometimes the crowd gets to people. All that stuff happens in college football at a much more rapid clip than it does in the pros, which makes it kind of a little bit more chaotic and a lot more fun, at least in my opinion.
3: I agree with you completely there. Thanks for the time. Good luck uh, covering this story, and we'll talk to you next week when the playoff field will officially be set. Talk to you then, my man. Love you, Clay. Bye. It's Petros Papadakis waking up early with us at Petros and Money Show. Thank him for coming on at the Old P. Fire away.
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. On Jeopardy
3: the Detroit Lions are not good at football right and there is a category called 2030 which is 12 years from now obviously and they're trying to predict the future on Jeopardy and this was the clue and this was what it sounded like if you are a Lions fan please cover your ears let's
1: do predictions by 2030 for 600 please
2: as of 2018,
4: this NFC North team had never even made the Super Bowl, much less won it. But by 2030, got to happen, right? Jay,
1: who are the Detroit Lions? Yes.
2: Yeah.
3: So everybody out there just letting the Detroit Lions have it. And, and you know, I was laughing about this when I watched this video online uh, yesterday. But I was also thinking, I'm 39, right? At some point... You get to an age where you start to think, you know what? It's probably a decent chance my team may never win a Super Bowl during my lifetime. So the Titans are my team. They were playing on uh, Monday Night Football last night. They got whipped. Doesn't look like they're going to have much of a season at all this year to fall to five and six. There are 32 NFL teams. And we all know that Super Bowls are not evenly distributed, as Detroit Lion fans well know. But even if every team won over the next 32 years, I'm probably not going to be around for see that many teams. Like how many teams? So I'm 39. I was thinking to myself this uh, yesterday when I saw that Detroit Lions clip, and I was laughing at it a little bit. Let's assume that I live to be 80. That's a you know double my life right now. In the next 41 years, how many different teams do you think will win a Super Bowl? 20, like the odds are not that good that the Titans, my team, will ever win the Super Bowl in my life. And if you're a Browns fan, or if you're a Lions fan, or you're a fan of a team that's perpetually mediocre to bad, as you get to be my like when you're a kid, you're like, oh, at some point, even though this team stinks now, they'll win a championship. When you get to be 39, you gotta look down the road and say, okay, I'm almost in middle age. It's probably unlikely that everything's going to continue to go great. I don't want to, you know, rain on everybody's parade this morning as we complete week 11 in the NFL. But the way this typically works right now in the NFL, maybe things will change. The top, you know, five to eight quarterbacks are consistently competing for Super Bowls every year. And you might not win it that year, but you'll at least be in the mix. But there's only five to eight. Super Bowl quarterbacks, and those guys typically don't switch teams unless there's a major injury situation, or unless you want to argue Kirk Cousins is a top quarterback and you bungle things so badly, like the Washington Redskins. How many different teams in the next 40 years will actually win Super Bowls or even play in a Super Bowl? Sorry, Falcon fans. Been so, oh, so close. I don't know the answer, but I was probably setting the number around 20. And that might be high because I think a lot of the same teams will play and win Super Bowls over those years. There's 32 NFL teams. Might not happen. Sorry, Detroit Lions. Alex Trebek off the
1: top rope on you. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Oh, oh,
6: oh, O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts.